and welcome to the Arsenal way back again with you guys for another episode of our transfer insight show where we look at the players that have been linked to Arsenal with the help of an expert to get all the insight on who they are and what they could do at Arsenal very pleased to be joined by a fan brands multimedia producer and huge Southampton fan and sometimes part-time complete insulter of my footballing ability through <laughs> our commentary videos it's James Chuscott how do you mate you good Oh no, the, the Tom Canton stands, they're going to come for me now. I've been exposed. <laughs> <laughs> coming for you. They are going to be absolutely, I mean, to be fair, they haven't at all. They've All they've done is you've encouraged them to just criticise me more, if anything, in those video commentaries. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great to have on the show, James. And uh, I mean, you must be pretty pleased with the last week of football. I mean, I'm pretty pleased for Southampton, considering what you've done for Arsenal this last week in uh, getting results against Spurs and Manchester United. It's been uh, a great few days for yourself. Yeah, we've certainly done you a few favours um, over the past few games with our recent run. Um, I've tended to think that our style perhaps suits playing against the better teams in the league. Mm. And perhaps this is, you know, evidence of that. But yeah, I think from an Arsenal perspective, us getting good results against your top four rivals is probably a, a sense of relief, especially given how COVID postponements have caused there to be so many games in hand, mm. left, right and centre. I think there was that thing about Tottenham having three games in hand. Yeah, after those three games in hand, they've somehow gone down the league. Lost them all, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's crazy when you consider it like that. I I mean, Arsenal are in a very similar position. They've got games now. We've got to play Wolves next Thursday. We've got Chelsea to be rearranged. We've got Liverpool to be rearranged. Uh, and we've got Tottenham, of course, as well, the North London derby to be rearranged. So it's some really difficult mm. games in hand and we'd rather have the points on the boards. But whilst we don't, it's great to see teams like yourselves taking points off our rivals, which is great. And pushing you, of course, further away from any kind of relegation scrap, which I don't ever think was really on the cards mm. midway point through the season because you've got four teams down there. I, I suppose it'll probably turn into three as Newcastle push further up the table. And maybe even we see Everton drawn into things soon and Leeds as well. But Southampton getting those results has really pushed them away. And a big part of that has been the performance of Armando Brogia, which is the reason why we're, we're here to talk about because uh, he has been linked with Arsenal. Our uh, correspondent at Football.London, Chris Wheatley, reporting that Arsenal are monitoring his situation ahead of possibly looking for him in the summer. Now, the latest from the Southampton side of things, James, was that yourselves are very interested in trying to make this deal permanent. Figures around £25 million have been thrown around. Do you think that's a reflective figure on how much he would be valued in the current market? I mean, it's all a bit of a double-edged sword, really. I hope I used that right. Because while it's obviously pleasing to, from our perspective, Southampton perspective, to see him playing well, you kind of think, well, the more goals he scores, the more we're adding mm. to his value. I think under our previous ownership, previously we were owned by um, Gao Jisheng, mm. um, a Chinese businessman. Under our previous ownership, that regime lasted literally up until like a month ago. I think there would have been no chance in us signing him, to be honest. Um, our record signing is what, like 20 million? Mm. Um, so it would have been no chance. But I think now signing Broyard is definitely a lot more realistic um, under our new ownership regime. But whether his value continues to spiral upwards is another matter. With Kyle Walker-Peters, that was another situation where we had a loanee who didn't actually have an option to buy, but we ended up striking a deal with Spurs to sign him for in the region of 10, 12 million pounds. But obviously that was based off a half season loan for a player that 
had a few years in and out of Spurs first team yeah. for it not really to work out. And he was also a fullback. Strikers, obviously, it's a very inflated market. One who's proven in the Premier League. He wasn't previously with Chelsea's first team. He trained a bit with their first team in the summer before going out to loan. But that was the first time that I think they really had a look at him per se. But it's slightly worrying from our perspective. You can see the value being driven up. Um, it kind of reminisces a bit in my mind, the Toby Alderweireld situation in which we had him on loan from Atletico Madrid. And if I remember yeah. correctly, I think we might have even actually had an option to buy mm. that was controversially kind of ignored or circumvented <laughs> so that he could end up at Spurs. And you kind of worry that something similar is going to happen here, where even though there was no prior arrangement between us and Chelsea, that if they do choose to sell him, they'll probably use someone like Arsenal or Newcastle, maybe even a West Ham, a bit more financial clout just to yeah. really increase his value. It's, uh, I mean, when you consider the winners in this situation, it's going to be Chelsea. Chelsea are going to win 100%. in this situation no matter 100%. what happens because, it, I mean, he's got, not going to get into their first team really considering Lukaku's still there. Werner, his situation continues. Kai Havertz can play up top. Christian Pulisic can still play up top. Like he's mm. quite far down the pecking order. Tuchel talks about him as Chelsea's player and, you know, they're very keen to see what he can do. But we know from Chelsea's history of selling their loan players, if the right offer comes in for a player, no matter their quality, they, they are willing to kind of move them on. You look at Gay going to Crystal Palace in the summer, they've seen numerous players be moved on for significant kind of profit. And you look at how much has been spent since 2012. There was a report that came out by the CIES Football Observatory that despite Chelsea's spending being at 1.6 billion euros, they'd made close to 1.1 billion euros in player sales. Yeah. And that kind of considerable recoup of money has enabled them to spend without actually, when you consider it, investing loads or like a Man City level of investing because they're able to make so much money. So yeah. they will win in this scenario. But focusing specifically on the idea that maybe Arsenal, who have this interest in the player, can try and sign him from Chelsea, which in itself is, in my mind, still very unlikely. How do you mm. kind of see him being different for Arsenal? What kind of characteristics are in his game that would really help Arsenal compared to what they currently have? I don't. I think he's a brand of striker that I haven't seen at Arsenal for a good few years. Mm. If I'm being honest, I think he's quite. Com he's quite a complete forward. When you think about strikers, you think about there's a specific kind of thing they do. Particularly the modern striker, they're the type of player who you think, okay, cool, you could probably stick them out wire too. But I think he's the one type of striker you think, cool, this is a traditional centre forward, traditional mm. number nine. The only real attribute that I'm not particularly a fan of is his passing. I think he really struggles when it comes to passing. But I think in terms of his height, thus in the air, strength, pace, finishing. He's someone you really like to watch play, someone you really like to see, someone you can play the ball into, can maybe hold it up a, a, a little bit, although maybe not as good as other players. I think in our system, even though Shea Adams is slightly smaller, he's maybe yeah. someone who you prefer a bit more holding the ball up on the turn, laying someone off. But what Broly can do is these quick one-twos. He's really good at just driving from deep with the ball, driving yeah. from deep or driving from out wide in the channels, um, maybe cutting in. How that works playing as a as a lone striker, I don't know. But um certainly with us in a in a strike duo, in a pairing, yeah. it works really, really well having some position there and he can kind of just bounce off them 
And to be honest, even if he is that focal point in the middle, then at least he's got his aerial presence. So that's why I think he poses a threat in a multitude of different ways. I think we saw against Manchester United the other day, um, mm. we saw him running those uh, those channels, particularly cutting in from the left, um, which obviously notably in a video that went viral on social media caused um, Harry Maguire some problems. Just so a I little think, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he can actually complement Arsenal's front line quite well. I think if you've got someone like Martinelli on the left and maybe a Saka or mm. a Pepe, out wide, I think it could be quite interchangeable with them just running at people. I think the way well, Arsenal, sorry, go on, keep going. Sorry, you, your pause there completely threw me. <laughs> yeah, pause worry. for effect and throw off the host, but yeah, yeah no, dramatic, dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, so if you want, if you want, you know, a, I guess a, a three prong like trident of players just mm. running at the defense, I think he can very much be part of that as a striker. Whereas if you're playing like a team that maybe defensively you think they're quite weak in the air or maybe that's where you need to contend, mm. then your wide players can easily put crosses in and he can head towards goal. Absolutely. And I think that you look at him as a player that Arsenal wouldn't really sign as the, the primary striker. We, we, we've lost that Aubameyang. We're going to lose mm. Lacazette and Ketia. Arsenal are going to sign more than the one forward. So despite you saying there that you know he could play in that single striker role and there's a bit of an unknown about that because he's been playing so well with, with Che Adams up top for Southampton, the, the fact that Arsenal are going to be pushing ahead with more than most likely one striker in the summer and going for two with players like Calvert-Lewin and Jonathan David, Alexander Izak, all linked with moves. It could be that Mikel Arteta sees players like David, Jonathan David at Lille and, and Brozier at, at Southampton playing in these number two systems and thinking, can we recreate that at Arsenal? Mm. So maybe there isn't that Arsenal are so married to the idea of playing this 4-3-3 continuously and that the players they're looking to bring in are actually going to be sculpted in a way in which we can get the most from a, a front two situation. But uh, you talked to... Go on, sorry. Go on, James. Sorry to interject again, but yeah, definitely. Fine, I think man. if you're looking at lots of the different strikers that Arsenal have been seen mm -hmm. to be looking at in the recent transfer windows, they're definitely looking for players with a bit more of an aerial threat than they mm -hmm. were previously. If you look at Vlahovic, Isak... These are all like very tall strikers. So it definitely goes in line with that kind of policy. And I think yeah. much like Isak as well, one thing I personally like about Alexander Isak is his ability to influence games without scoring. Mm. And I think that's something that Borio has done as well. I think if you look at it, I think, if I remember correctly, I think he's got six Premier League goals so far this season, but you would think he has more. Even the other day, he didn't score but he was just constantly causing problems and constantly creating opportunities through his ability to, to run with the ball, mm. through his ability to create space for others with his movement off the ball. And I think that's something that you really enjoy watching as a fan because it won't always be your day in front of goal. The luck won't always be on your side when it comes to finishing. Even if you're a really good striker who's getting 10, 15 goals a season, which I think yeah. he can do even this season. But if you're influencing the game in other ways, then I think that's really impressive too. Absolutely. And I think that that's what Mikel Arteta wants as well from a striker is that you want someone who's more than just goals. And that's probably why Aubameyang, as soon as he lost that goal threat mm. and he wasn't consistently scoring, the question came up, well, what else is he giving to the team beyond those mm. goals that have now dried up? Whereas Lacazette gives you a lot. It gives you can give you some goals, not prolifically, but he gives you a lot of energy. He gives you the link-up play. He gives you kind of that hold-up play in the box as well when you need to. And, and Breuer could definitely do that for Arsenal if we were to bring him in. 
again, we re return to the realism and I can already feel people typing away in the comments <laughs> saying that he's never going to go because he's a Chelsea player. But we've got a piece coming out um, a little bit later on today talking about how Arsenal going after a young player of Chelsea's is kind of changing this rhetoric of Arsenal going for the Louise and Willians and Petr Cechs of Chelsea. They're changing now. The, 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 the kind of the route that Arsenal have, have gone down is changing. And interestingly, James, coming from a Southampton perspective, Southampton have always been a team that have looked to kind of, you know, invest young at times. Yeah, sure, they brought in some experienced players here and there and they've looked to kind of jump opportunistically on players like Theo Walcott, etc. when when the need's been there. But... You're still looking to bring in those young players. You talk about this season, Breuer on loan, Liveramento that's coming from Chelsea as well. Do you think that this, coming from the perspective of Southampton, who have risen from, say, the, the championship or even lower than that at times and risen through by building up this team with young players and then recycling talent by selling it on most of the time to Liverpool, of course, um, and then replacing it with other young talent and seeing the success of that? Do you think this kind of, instincts that Arsenal have now got under Arteta to, to do a very similar tactic is going to see them push in the right direction coming from more of a neutral perspective. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I can't lie, personally, it's something that I'm worried about. With the um, post-Brexit work permit rules, I yeah. think bigger teams such as Arsenal could actually wade into this market that us and others have made the most of, mm -hmm. like nabbing young players from... Premier League or championship clubs, I think it's going to become more commonplace because you, you're not able to sign youngsters from abroad until they're 18. Yeah. And even when they are 18, it'll be more difficult signing them from teams that aren't top tier exactly. uh, in, in Europe as well. So it's definitely something I'm worried about. I mean, Matt Crocker, who's kind of like our director of football, he had mm. a job in the FA overseeing the age group teams. So I think he's got a really good insight into... Um, of the young English players and I think Dan Ashworth who's yeah. now going to take on that role at Newcastle obviously he knows to be had a big role at the FA so I would be very surprised if they didn't spend a lot of their riches on some of these young players but I think last summer our summer Arsenal signings all under the age of 23 mm -hmm. um, it's definitely a market I could see Arsenal wade into um, so that they're now not having to take players once they've already proved themselves another mm. Premier League club because something we've seen Crystal Palace do as well Crystal Palace obviously Conor Gallagher on loan this season and Mark Guehi, um who they got from Chelsea mm. uh, Brighton obviously had Tariq Lamptey who I know isn't is, is someone I think Bailey's a fan of just um, a yeah, <laughs> yeah joining, joining Arsenal so yeah it would not it would not surprise me at all I mean, whether Arsenal have geared their scouting towards that, it, it remains to be seen because obviously Edu is still at the helm and he'll have his preferences. And I know the rules are very favourable to signing players from South America. Of course. So, I think I think also it's interesting you brought those people that have worked within the FA because Arsenal recruited Richard Garlic from the Premier League in the summer of 2021 yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and obviously he was quite big in the negotiations with Brighton for Ben White and then involved in the negotiations yeah. with Sheffield United for Aaron Ramsdale. And Arsenal haven't really signed these young up-and-coming players from other Premier League teams. We've signed, as we've said, Louise and Willian or Cedric or Danny Welbeck. Like these not players that are young, up-and-coming, have got lots of prospects, players that they thought could come in and make an impact at that immediate time. Luckily for Arsenal, they've signed young players like Ramsdale and White who've also been able to make an immediate impact, but also have got the benefit of 
developing into something quite special. And perhaps that will happen with a player like Breuer or someone else that, that comes in a little bit later on down the line. But James, thank you so much for taking time out the afternoon to, to give the Arsenal fans a bit more insight on Breuer, despite the fact a move to Arsenal is, in both of our minds, we feel very unlikely that Chelsea would sell to one of their direct rivals. But tell, uh, tell the people, James, where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Yeah, you can find me at JG Trezeguet on Twitter and any other forms of social media available. Obviously, fan brand multimedia producer here at Reach. So if you hear any videos on this channel, the Arsenal Way channel with <laughs> my voice ribbing him or Bailey, then it's very likely myself. But yeah, just keep an eye out for our social media content and more. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. The next exercise video coming out soon, of which James, I'm sure, will be able to absolutely rip apart one of uh, just a sneak behind the curtain where I decide to pass the ball to an opposition player and lead them through to score, which was not the best idea. But, yeah, uh, I just finished voiceovering that, actually. To be fair, <laughs> there, was, there was an awful piece of defending, but you, re you redeemed yourself. You redeemed yourself. I did a bit, yeah. yeah still, awful. Awful play. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed bigger things can happen in next week's fixture. Thank you again, James. We'll see you again very soon. Keep on following us down the Arsenal way and drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new as we try to get our way to 10,000 subs before the end of the season. Oh,